0: Welcome to another In Wheel Time podcast, a 30-minute mini version of the In Wheel Time Car Show that airs live every Saturday morning, 8 to 11 a.m. Central. We are live from the 62nd Annual Autorama at the George R. Brown Convention Center. Welcome to the In Wheel Time Car Talk Show. Just ahead, we talked with another dignitary. You didn't know that. I just gave you that title here at Autorama. Uh, We'll have this week's uh, auto history. And uh, we'll get you updated on the stories-making car news this week. Howdy. Along with Mike out of this world, Mars, we need more Jeff Zekin. Mm-hmm. And a rare appearance, much needed, and welcomed the chief engineer of the mm. In world Time Car Talk Show, David mm. Ainsley. I'm Don Armstrong, but don't tell anybody. Okay. All right. Um, and I apologize for my voice this morning because I've been a little under the weather this week. But I came out of uh, hiding just to make sure that I uh, infected everybody around me.
1: And you're doing a not, fine job, too, I listen, might not Listen, I
0: hope I haven't. I'm, I'm uh, on the mend, and hopefully I'm not contagious any longer. You couldn't ask me that a couple of days ago, though. Ooh, it was bad.
1: All right, who's our first guest here, Mr. Mars? So joining us now is a gentleman I found around the corner from us, Mr. Bruce Forte. Now, he has got... I'm going to let him tell you what all he's got over there and beyond, things beyond.
2: (laughs) What you got, Bruce?
1: Got a
3: 33 Ford 3-window with a blown Arden that uh, I've noticed is being built. I finally got a chance to purchase it a year and a half ago. An Arden? Arden.
0: What is an Arden?
3: Arden's a flathead with an overhead valve conversion kit. Those over
0: I there? Did, I did not know that they made yeah, such right a thing. Yeah, right over
3: there by that. Yeah, that. Uh, when
0: when uh, yeah. when did this right conversion? The black sign there. Pardon me. When did this <laughs> conversion take place? It was <laughs> that is that was there a kit like this on the market years ago?
3: Those heads were developed back in the 50s by Zora Duntoff and his brother. You know, I oh. had an
0: opportunity to meet uh, Zora Duntoff, have a picture with him. Uh, very nice man, very humble man, and uh, very talented and a tremendous engineer. Yeah. And so he developed the – how how does it work? Because a flathead means that the valves are in the cylinder block.
3: It's a kit that takes the valves out of the flathead. And I, I be honest with you, I don't know exactly how it works. But and it converts it to an overhead valve motor. It takes a flathead that you would get about 100 horsepower out of. Now then it's pushing about 300 horsepower.
0: 300 horsepower and the block still holds together and mm-hmm. the – and the, the crank shaft journals and all of the bolts down there, all of that still work.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Truly amazing. And uh, you bought it like that?
3: I bought it like that. I've known it since it was being built. And I always wanted it. I didn't think I could ever own it. And the guy who owned the car called me last year and told me to make him an offer on it. And you did. And, well, I didn't make him an offer. I told him I didn't think I could afford it. And I called him a week later and I asked him what it was going to take to buy it. He gave me a price and I told him sold.
0: Very nice.
3: And I drive the car. I mean, it's not a trailer queen. It's driven. Hmm.
0: And how's that engine run? Runs great. Does it? Mm-hmm.
3: I won't take it on like a long road trip. It's just not designed for that. Right. But I uh, will run it around town. I've been known to get in the car, take off and go down to O'Reilly just to pick up a part.
0: I drove a flathead one time. Uh, Ford V8 flathead, and uh, it was smooth, but it had no power. No.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Like you said, 100 horsepower, I guess it had 100. I That's never.
3: the max that you yeah. could get out of it, yeah. just about.
0: Yeah, and uh, it wouldn't surprise me if this one that I drove uh, had less than that. It was smooth, but just not a whole lot of horsepower there. Right. And, and this fixed that problem.
3: Yeah, it fixed the problem. It's just an expensive setup. Uh, the heads alone, a uh, bare heads, like $8,000. Oh,
0: my wow. gosh. And the conversion kit, have no clue. I, I have no clue. Because yeah. they, don't, they don't make that anymore, I assume.
3: No, they do. Uh, really? Don, Don Ferguson out in California is redoing everything. Uh, and it's all available uh, if you want to spend the money.
0: How much, the, how much is the conversion kit today, do you know?
3: Somewhere between twenty five dollars and $40,000. Oh, that's all. Why? Yeah, Why would you do that?
0: For the it's horsepower. Different. Different look? Different look.
3: Mm-hmm. Different look. Everybody looks at that motor and thinks it's a HEMI. Yes, that's what I thought when I looked at it. But I have to tell them, no, it's not a HEMI. It's a flathead. With a uh, conversion. With a conversion, with overhead valve conversion kit. Mm -hmm.
0: I'll be darned. Any of the internals have to be changed in it at all? No. No? Hmm. Wow. So you just pull the heads off. I guess take the valves out of it?
3: Valves come out of it. There's something that fills the valve holes. I I, I have no idea exactly how it works. I'll be honest with you.
2: Well, the amount of money that you spend... Don't mess with it. Yeah. Me. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> well, just drive that, it. That was my question, the reliability of it, too. I mean, have you had issues with it? I haven't um,
3: had any issues with it. Well, I, I, I just told a story. I did have an issue. I had a water leak on it, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I took it to a shop in Johnson City, Texas, called Rex Rods. And he knows those motors. It's out
2: by San Antonio? Uh,
3: Johnson City, uh, yeah. Johnson City, Austin. Yeah, yeah. Austin. Baco and um, I uh, – told him I need to find out where the water leak was, and he called me back. He told me, he said, we found the leak. It had a cracked head. And uh, Now what do you do? Yeah. Well, that's when I knew what the head cost. A bare head was $8,000. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, whatever. That's what it's going to take to fix it. What it's going to take to fix it. And I called him back, called Keith back, and I told Keith, I said, we you get the head, it's $8,000. He said, no, we're fixing this head. Because it's aluminum, he can weld it all up and fix it. So that's what he did. Oh, oh very
2: good.
1: Very
3: good. Saved me a bunch of money. A bunch. Yeah, I bet.
1: Well, wow. you've got some
3: other stuff over there. I got a 30 Model A uh, four-door sedan with a uh, small block in it. That's uh, It's a patinaed car. I did a swap on that. I had a 38 Pontiac Coupe Pro Street car. I am not a Pro Street guy, and I didn't realize it was Pro Street when I bought it. I bought it sight unseen. Oh. So I had a guy offer me a swap, and I swapped him for that car.
0: Why don't you like the Pro Street thing?
3: It's just not me. No. Some people are pro street, some people aren't, and I'm not pro street. I'm, I'm actually more of a traditionalist. Uh, I like the old cars with the straight axles.
0: We can relate to that.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's just that's the way I am. I mean, I don't have a fat tire car. It's, they're small tires. It's a traditional type build. Back, mm-hmm. my new car is a traditional build, but with modern power. Right. And I, it, I just hadn't taken possession of it yet. Hopefully, I get it in February. What is it? It's another 32.3 window, but it's got a 2010 5.7 Hemi, stroke to 392. With <laughs> oh, of stack course
0: injections. it does. <laughs> well, there's your pro street car. There
3: you go. No, it's got the little tires on the back of it. Oh, it's still no. got the
0: skinny tires. Yeah. So you can light those up a whole lot
2: easier. Tomato, tomato. Well, you know.
3: whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just like the traditional cars. That silver car with the blown art, it was built by SoCal Speed Shop.
2: That is a pretty car. I can only see the front end of it, but I'm going to go over there and sit in it. Yeah. You don't know that. I yet. don't,
3: and, I, and I'll be honest with you, I don't care. <laughs> I have a lot of people that try to take pictures of the car, be standing behind it, and I'll open the car door and say, Get in, and I'll take your picture. Yeah, very
0: nice. Do you yeah. uh, Did you grow up around these parts?
3: Born and raised in Birmingham, Alabama. Really? Been here since 81. Roll tide. Well, you got that right.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all of my money is still going to, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, to the University of Alabama. Well, uh, and how long have you been here? Since been here since eighty one. Eighty one, yeah. And uh, where did you, uh, where did you cut your teeth on these uh, old cars?
3: Uh, I've always liked them. Uh, for a while, I couldn't afford them. Right. Uh, finally, I got the point to where I started buy one here, work on it, buy another one here and there.
0: Didn't you have some friend in high school that had one? Oh
3: yeah, I had all I had all of that. Yeah you know uh i had my share of cars but they were mostly muscle cars Yep. in fact i've still owned the car i bought brand new in 71 wow uh, so and that is what 71 gtx 446 pack <laughs>
0: <laughs> well he's 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 one of our kind of guys yeah, yeah we can relate to that yeah
3: I, I i like the old cars i've always liked the three windows i'm not a I like the five windows, but I prefer the three windows. The yeah. old
2: Detroit steel. Yeah.
3: yeah. This car is a Brookville body, which everybody should know. That's an all steel car. Uh, you can't tell them apart from the originals when you set them side by side. Mm. And, uh, but I'm not a fiberglass type guy. I just, I like the originalities. Yeah. Uh, my new one's the same way. It's an original Brookville body. Nice. we were broken working on that car for seven years. And i Started that car before I bought that car. If I'd known I could buy that car, I probably would have started that car. Now,
0: did you uh, did you do your own paint? No, no, no. Hired it out.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do the mechanicals, uh, but as far as the interior and paint, I send that out. Yeah, that's I can paint, but mm, no,
0: not to the, what you, not <laughs> to what you like.
3: Well, I can do it to what I like. I'm just too much of a perfectionist. Taste, that's I the got, problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Find a little spot in one and all that, and it's not just fix the spot. It's do the whole thing I again. I know
2: a painter like that. You know him, too. I do,
0: too. Yeah, yeah his son. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of those kind of painters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mine would be uh, run drips and errors. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh, just, that's just me. So I just have them done. Uh, yeah. Uh, the car that's in California right now being done, I started it seven years ago, and I got to a point that it was beyond my expertise. So I took it out there to friends of mine. that used to be the builders of SoCal. And uh, I told him, I said, y'all need to fix this. And uh, after I got home, I looked and saw what I had going on in the shop. I called him back and said, y'all need to finish the car. So they're supposed to have been done for this weekend, but it didn't make it. So hopefully by February for the Grand National Roadster Show.
2: So, so what do you do? You, uh, you have a business. you retired. I'm you, retired. Are you? From?
3: Uh, transporting stuff like this all over the country. Oh. Two-car enclosed. I did that for 21 years. I
2: will be
0: there.
3: And thoroughly enjoyed it.
0: Yeah. And you wouldn't do it anymore? Uh, well, I called you on the phone and I said, Listen here, I, I've got a car but I, I really don't trust anybody else. Would you would you do that for me?
3: I would call the guys that worked for me yeah. and told them to and tell them to handle it. Got it. I have some people I will still do stuff for.
0: Yeah. You just don't know me well enough.
3: But I just yes. I quit doing this as a living. Yeah. Uh, I do it for them because normally they're going where I'm going anyway. Yeah. So why not? get paid to go where i want to (laughs) go
0: yeah well um what do you drive as a daily driver
3: uh i got my truck and i've got uh i've got a 2014 charger rt and i got a new 2021 corvette oh which i love very nice yeah i've owned 17 corvettes and this is the best one i've ever owned yeah wow
2: do you do like cruises? Do you go out uh, on the weekends? And
3: I drive my cars. I mean, they're cars are made to be driven. They're made to be driven and are being appreciated and seen. Uh, I'm not a trader queen guy. Uh, now I don't drive them in this weather. You know, it's got to be a good, nice, pretty day. In the vet, the same way, unless it's a pretty day. It stays put up.
2: So whereabouts in town do you live?
3: I live in Magnolia, Texas. Magnolia. Okay.
2: You know, there's this, this common theme going well, on
3: Well,
1: that's here. what I told him yeah. when I saw him over Everybody's there. Said, Everybody that's here is from Magnolia. Magnolia. Well,
3: it's a little suburb, 35 miles northeast, No, I mean northwest of downtown. Well, oh, guess Wisconsin.
0: what? It's not going to be a suburb very long no. the way uh, it's going. It has grown. Yeah.
3: When I moved out there, I was, lived in Tomball, Texas. When I went out there, there was like 6,000 people there. I think there's like 16,000 in Tomball now and magnolia has just grown. Yeah. But I'm lucky, and I'm not in the city. I'm in the county. Uh, it's an older subdivision. I like it. I've got an acre and a half. So nice. I'm, out, I'm out there with my house and in my shop. and Tinkering. I, and, and I'm happy. My job five days a week is leave the house, go to the shop, be in the shop, go home, eat lunch, go back to the shop. Seven o'clock, I go home. Stay out and, of the wife's and, and way.
2: Whether you're doing something in the shop, it doesn't matter.
3: Don't make any difference. But I'm always doing something in the shop. Yeah, yeah. You, everybody's kidding me about my wife and I. We've been married 34 years, and for 21 of those years, I was on the road. He said, "Now, how's this work?" I said, "Not bad. I stay in the shop all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: stay out of the way." <laughs> yeah, you're gone as much today as you were back then.
3: I tell people that I am busier now than I was when I was working. Yeah.
1: but I'm happier. Yeah.
2: That's the whole point of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: My, Joy. Pa- my father was like that when he retired. He worked, shipped work in a refinery. He said, I don't know how I had time to do everything I do, but he was a lot happier, mm-hmm. but he was a lot busier. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I go to a lot of shows. I leave out of here, uh, the end of January to go to Grand National Roaster Show. Where is that? Uh, Pomona, California. I'll be out there for, uh, about 10 days, two weeks. And I come back from there, uh, I got two weeks to get ready for the Dallas Autorama, so I'll be at the Dallas Autorama, and then uh, I'm trying to decide if I'm going to do a show in March or not. But then I got three shows in April I go to.
2: Your wife go with you?
3: No, nope. it's not her thing. But no. she don't care if I go. We have a good relationship. Nice. She's fine with it.
1: Now you said you didn't you say you were out there in California at uh, just got back from California ten
3: days ago. Uh, I was out there for the NHRA finals, uh, SoCal Speed Shop. Uh, was out there set up with nhra and set up a little show so i took my silver car out there for display for socal and socal asked for it i'll do it i also own a land speed car so we were supposed to run it that weekend no, no wait just a minute wait <laughs> wait wait <laughs> you know
0: you're holding back oh, well, by wait the way, i've got about a, that. I've got oh, a jet
3: engine rocket by the way <laughs> well i've got a we bought it last year uh it's uh it's wrapped SoCal Speed Shop. SoCal keeps the car in California. I mean, there's no place here to run the car. So uh, we did not run it but one time last year simply because everything was canceled.
1: Right. Uh um, yeah, it was
3: wet. Wet. I mean, I was supposed to run it that weekend. I took the car out, and it rained on Monday, and they canceled it. They said, if you want to run it at Mirage, you better bring a boat.
1: So have you driven the car before? I don't drive the car. I have a driver. Oh, it. okay. I was going to ask what it was like, but.
3: I've run those speeds and it's thrilling, but I'm just <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> you run
2: those speeds all the time on I-10. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Not quite, but but yeah, it's a little it's a little Model A roadster with a small block Chevrolet, uh, 438 cubic inch small block. Uh, Top this. speed. The record at El Mirage is 221.68, and we're hoping to smash that by by 225 for your class. For the class, yes. 221.28. Two twenty one sixty eight, and then okay. at Pomo- I mean at uh, Bonneville, I think the record is two forty two something. Mm-hmm. So we're going for both of them. Good. That's what all land speeds about. As fast as you can go, yeah. break the record. Yeah.
1: That's why I like I like the idea. Of it. I've never been there, but I like the idea of it. That okay, you're going to start here, and you got as far as you want to go to go as fast as you can go.
3: Well, you've got. Different links, tracks, and so you've got a section there you've yeah, got to go. Yeah, I mean, you can only go so many miles. So which
1: one do
2: you run? Out? Is it a five-mile?
3: We haven't run Bonneville yet. Uh, it was last flooded. year was going to be our first year. And uh, speed weeks, it rained, poured it out, and they right. canceled the whole season. Right. So we haven't been to Bonneville yet. Uh, we'll get there uh, next year, hopefully, and uh, go from there. See what happens.
2: Have you ever done anything with, like, Pike's Peak?
3: No. Did a lot of drag racing, did a lot of road racing when I was younger. Um, just uh, this still happened. I got a phone call from SoCal. Said they're thinking about going back to, Le- to, to Bonneville, which is where they started. Mm-hmm. And I said, uh, okay, what do we need to do? He said, well, we're looking at a car. I said, okay, fine. Uh, they gave me a price on the car. And I said, all right. I said, we got three things we've got to resolve, where the car is going to stay, who's going to maintain it, and who's going to drive it. So figure those out, call me back. Well, they called me back about two days later, said, we got it figured out. I said, okay, where do I need to wire the money?
2: I'll be darned.
3: Yep. rest is history. Actually, my son and I own that car together. So, cool. Uh, but, you know, it's, 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 it's a good deal if you like it. I've never been to Bonneville. But now i got an excuse. <laughs> that's,
1: that's what we've been trying to figure out. Is how can we get out there? Mm-hmm. You know, There's a couple of places we want to go, but we, we haven't really got a good excuse yet. Just have to make an excuse to go to Bonneville.
3: That's all there is to well, it. Well,
1: we can get an excuse. we got to find a sponsor so that we can afford to go to Bonneville. We've got to haul all this gear. Uh,
3: well, yeah. And another thing you got to do is you got to make a decision you're going to go because you got to get your rooms real early.
1: Yes. Get
2: SoCal's number from them. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: All right. Well, hey, listen, thank you very much for no stopping problem. by. It's a Good pleasure event. to talk to you. And Good talking uh, to you. we'll be looking for you after the show. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank I'm you. I'm going to come by and see it. Uh, we are, by the way, at the 62nd Annual uh, O'Reilly Auto Parts Autorama at the George R. Brown Convention Center. And uh, we invite you to uh, invite you to join us down here today. Mm-hmm. Um, matter of fact, the show is going to open in 10 minutes. And... Um, it's, uh, it's going to be a beautiful weather day. The rain is moving out of the Houston area. It's uh, a great time to think about auto rem, and you can stop at the O'Reilly Auto Parts uh, near you and uh, get yourself some tickets through that and save yourself a couple dollars on each ticket. All right. Time now for this week in auto history. I don't have that. Who has I've got that? it.
2: I've got it, but I've got a, couple, a little discrepancy on the... Well, let's uh, not worry about that. There's no discussion this year. This is live radio. and just going to have to run. All right. In 1904, uh, the history of auto theft in Los Angeles begins with the first recorded stolen car in the city. Is there any uh, video with this? No. Nonsense. The greater Los Angeles area has long been the hotbed for auto theft. While police chases that fill evening news as common now as they were in the 80s. Uh, Even as far back as 1988, LA residents had a one in 93 chance of having their vehicle stolen. When this all began, uh, nearly 120 years of auto theft in the city of Angels become rampant. In fact, the first reported automobile theft occurred in Los Angeles on this day in 1904. The stolen car, a white uh, white steam car, steam car. I apologize. White steam car was taken from in front of the Motor Morton Club. Did just you read this mid- before you read no, it? No, I did not. <laughs> uh, just got it last night, late. Uh, since that frightful night, car thefts in Los Angeles have risen to 30,000 occurrences per year. In 1965, Craig Breedlove, since that we're talking about land speed record, yeah. driving the jet-powered spirit of America, established a new land speed record on this day in 1965. When he reached the speed of 600.601 miles per hour, And in case you're wondering, David, that's 966.574 kilometers per hour. Uh, The record run took place in Bonneville Soft Flats in Utah. Breedlove became the first person to break the 400-mile-an-hour speed limit. Uh, Now the 600-mile-per-hour barrier is the quest for speed from this point on. Gary Gablik would outdo Breedlove five years later when he piloted the rocket-powered Blue Flame to 622.407 miles per hour in the same location. 1996, General Motors' first production electric car, the EV1, is manufactured. However, that electric cars are all the rage again. It's fitting to revisit the EV1, originally named Impact, the car truly could have been, or was, the start of something huge for GM had they stuck with it. 1971, Steven Spielberg. Except it was too ugly. Yeah. Well, yeah. Steven Spielberg. Can, 1970-
0: I, can, I, can I just interject something? Sure. My buddy Dan Patrick. Lieutenant Dan?
2: No, oh, Yeah, Lieutenant Dan.
0: Lieutenant Dan had one of those. Um, I don't know. He knew somebody. Then they let him borrow it. And we had uh, met somewhere for uh, lunch or something. And he says, hey, you want to see this car I got? Yeah. So walked out there and I thought, that is the ugliest car I think <laughs> I've ever seen in my entire life. And that was the EV one.
2: Yeah. Ugly. Yeah, they were. Almost like a Citroen version. Oh, oh yeah. Just so bad. 1971, Steven, Steven Spielberg's f- feature length Directional debut, Duel, we did an episode about that a few weeks ago, debuted as a made-for-TV movie. The flick starred Dennis Weaver as David Mann, a businessman commuter, driving a Plymouth Valiant through the Mojave Desert on his way to meet a client. After passing a rusty, crusty 1955 Peterbilt 281, the unseen big-rig driver chases the terrorized man for the rest of the film. And we all know how it ends. Uh, 2001. How does it end? It, it, with credits, and it says the end. 2001. I don't remember the movie, yeah. so I had to ask. The Fast and Furious redirect, uh, redirects here. The franchise first film, The Fast and Furious, for the fourth film, See Fast and Furious 2009 film, for other uses, See Fast and Furious. That's what it says. <laughs> right there. See that? Who, who who did that? Um,
0: Our friend. Big Conrad. Yeah. Well, he is in California, and <laughs> I know true. that they smoke a lot of stuff out uh, there. Medicinal, yeah. I'm sure.
2: <laughs> Only. Is that what they call it in your neck of the woods? No, we oh. don't.
0: No, they just call it moonshine <laughs> over there. Moonshiners. Woo-hoo. <laughs> well, thank you for kind of giving me a little break there because I needed something to eat. But there
2: you go. Do you want You want a lozenge?
0: No, thank you. No okay. need Austin I, I could go for a cup of coffee, though. I could, too. Mars, that's going to be your challenge once you get our Find next the guest the coffee, on.
1: Well, I'm hoping that the stand next guest is standing right there, I hope.
0: Hey, Beerman.
1: <coughs> hey. He's ignoring us. Beerman.
0: Yeah, he is. He's ignoring us. Craig.
1: <laughs> he's definitely ignoring us.
0: <laughs> he's drinking a big thing of chocolate milk. Yeah, over there. Well, it could it, be like a, a, a well, anyway, cappuccino. Well, anyway, all you got to do is just go over there and grab him. Yeah. yeah. So why don't you go arrange that while so I do the headlines. He's probably not quite
1: ready, but we're going to go grab him.
0: Um, some of the stories making news headlines. As online used car dealer Carvana Company's share price unwinds at a fever pitch, (laughs) Wall Street analysts are slashing targets and and warning conditions could worsen. You know what that is? (laughs) That's the world's smallest violin. Yep. With the company's shares spiraling down a staggering 97% this year, analysts' average price targets struggled to keep pace, despite coming down sharply. That changed this month, and in just the past week, at least three analysts downgraded the stock and slashed their targets, saying the combination of weakening economic conditions and the car dealer's heavy debt load could lead to more dire outcomes. Carvana shares fell for a fifth day, sinking as much as 5% to a fresh record low of $6.70 on Tuesday. Mm-mm. Turn out the lights, the party's over. Down in flames. Well, you know, and I, I don't mean to be a party pooper on them, but, you know, you you know that there's a red flag in that when they don't pay the um, licensing fees that you bought the car, and they don't pay the state the licensing yeah. fee, so you don't get your T-T-N-O. yeah uh, You don't get your your tag. But you're not
2: making this up. You're not. You're not. No. You know, these stories are coming to you. This is in the general public to read and, and to understand. Correct. So it's it's not like we're bashing. I just, well, maybe we are. Just, a red flag comes up when
0: you say Carvana and buying a used car. Yeah.
2: And we did the uh, uh, reviews on them too last yeah. week. Uh,
0: another recall to tell you about. Ford Motor Company said it's recalling 519,000 crossovers in the U.S. over fire risks from possible cracked fuel injectors and will urge owners to have their cars inspected. (laughs) Ford on Thursday said the recall covers 2023 model year Bronco Sport and Escape crossovers over three-cylinder 1.5-liter engines, including many also recalled in April because an oil separator housing could crack and develop a leak that could cause an engine fire. Ford said when engines in the vehicles covered by the latest recall are operating, a cracked fuel injector could cause fuel or fuel vapor to accumulate near hot surfaces, potentially resulting in fire under the hood. Once repairs are available, dealers will update vehicle software to detect whether a fuel injector is cracked and provide a dashboard message to alert drivers. According to the National Highway Safety Administration, Ford has reported the most vehicle recalls in the U.S. so far this year, with 64 callbacks covering 8.6 million vehicles. Mm -mm -mm. Time now for a quick break. We'll be right back. You're on the In Wheel Time Car Talk Show on iHeartRadio. Starting to work on your Christmas calendar? Be sure to add the next Tailpipes & Tacos Cruise-In Saturday, December 17th. You'll want to attend Tailpipes & Tacos Christmas Edition at the Loopy Tortilla in Katy, 8 to 11 a.m. It's the only place cruisers compete for Loopy's Chili Pepper trophies and other prizes. There's no charge to enter your vehicle for Best Hot Rod, Best Classic, or Best Modern Classic. Tailpipes and Tacos is Houston's coolest and most unique cruise-in and is your opportunity to see the best hot rods, show cars, classics, and restomods and get Loopy Tortilla Breakfast Tacos with adult beverages. There's no entry fee and cars will automatically compete for those much-sought-after custom Loopy Trophies and other prizes. It happens at the Loopy Tortilla Tex-Mex and on the Grand Parkway at Kingsland Boulevard, just south of I-10. It's the Tailpipes and Tacos Christmas Edition, Saturday, December 17th. The In-Wheel Time Car Talk Show will be there, too. Celebrate the Christmas season with friends and family at Tailpipes and Tacos. Saturday morning, December 17th, 8 to 11. We'll see you then, weather permitting.
4: Hey Houston, America's greatest hot rod tradition is back. Thanksgiving weekend, the O'Reilly Auto Parts Auto Rally rod- at the George R. Brown Convention Center. Four action-packed days of hot rods, customs, classics, trucks, performance cars, and live music. Do not miss the ultimate lowrider showcase. Sponsored by Shorty's Hydraulics and the traditional rod garage. Saturday only, it's the Tuner Galleria with 250 imports, JDM, and luxury cars, plus music and models. on the celebrity stage. Presented by Nick's Auto Repair and Classic Car Restoration. Meet Bad Chad and wife Jolene from Bad Chad Customs on Friday. Saturday, it's dave kindig from tv's bitchin ride sunday it's danny coker and kevin mack from tv's counting cars shop the swap meet and women's world all weekend the o'reilly auto parts autorama this weekend at the george r brown convention center discount tickets at o'reilly auto parts part of the summer racing equipment show car series see autorama.com for more info
0: the in-wheel time car talk show is now part of the iheart family Now you'll have access to 24-7 Car Talk anytime you need a fix. Just download the iHeartRadio app and ask for In-Wheel Time Car Talk, and there we are. Be sure to save us in your iHeart library for instant access. No matter where you are, you have the best Car Talk show right on your PC, laptop, or mobile device and never have to worry about finding us again. Of course, you can always get access to our video and audio streams via InWheelTime.com and your favorite podcast channel, and all of this is free to you. From the iHeartRadio app, you'll not only hear our Saturday morning live show, but the best shows of the past, updated weekly. Never miss a minute of up-to-date new car reviews, pre-owned reviews, Conrad's Car Clinic, informative interviews, automotive news, and the most fun car talk show on the planet. Just download the iHeartRadio app, search for In Real Time Car Talk, save it to your library, and with a tap of the icon, you'll be in touch with your favorite car talk team. In Real Time Car Talk, streaming now on iHeart.com slash Car Talk.